Good evening, Wisdom Eccentrics by Nat Chang Rinpoche, Chapter 27, Part 1. Rinpoche talked with me about all kinds of things that evening. He gave a long account of the miracles of Dog Kiense, but he advised that I make no notes. Later I wondered why, but I can see that Rinpoche was only interested in my taking notes when there was some need in terms of principle and function. The miracle stories were presented to me, as far as I can see, purely out of his kindness and as a statement to the effect that he no longer regarded me as a goddamn idiot. Chapter 27 The Miraculous Maniac Rinpoche had been grinning quietly off and on for a while after we'd eaten lunch. Occasionally he'd nod or make some slight sound as if he were agreeing with himself. Oh yeah, he suddenly commenced. There were wonderful madmen in Tibet. Some mad women too, but very little has been written. This is not so good, but Tomyors do not like to hear of women. When dualised people see people with non-dual realisation, they think they are mad. Have people ever said that you were mad? A boy called me an imbecile at school when I was 12, but that was because I didn't like football. Oh yeah, ball kicking. Rinpoche shook his head with evident derision. Why are people kicking balls? What is happening when they kick the ball? It causes them enjoyment, Rinpoche. Is there the same enjoyment when they kick rocks? That's hard to say, Rinpoche. I think idiots would probably enjoy kicking anything. What are they doing with this always kicking? The idea is that they kick the ball through posts with a net behind it. There are two teams. Each team defends its net from the ball being kicked into it. Then, at the same time, each team tries to kick the ball into the net of the other side. Whichever team kicks the ball into the other side's net the most times wins. And this makes them happy? It seems to, Rinpoche. Yeah, Tom yours. Never mind. I am happy that ball kicking does not make you happy. No, Rinpoche, I've always avoided it whenever I could. Rinpoche thought this idea was entirely ridiculous and laughed heartily. That they said you were a Tom your because you didn't enjoy this. That is too funny. When Tom yours see that others don't like the things that please Tom yours, they say others are Tom yours. Rinpoche sat in silence for a while, smiling and simply seeming to enjoy the colours of the room. I did likewise. I told Rinpoche that sometimes I simply sat and enjoyed colours and he'd opined that this was a worthy occupation. 
After a while, he recommenced, Yeah, anyhow, in Tibet there was Nakchan Kongnyon. Then there was Kamyon Dharma Senge, the mad Dharma lion of Kam. Also, there was Tsekya Myonpa Chinka Donye Dorje, the momentous maniacal thunderbolt clad in white felt. He was a previous incarnation of Trulshik Rimshe, and he is a very good monastic lama now. Then Myonpa Chetsun Senge Wangchuk, the insane lion of mastery who never gossiped and Sangmyon Haruka Rupai Gyancham, the madman of Tsang festooned with human bone cemetery ornaments. Could you stop Fallon from... These were all wonderful Gurkha Changlo Lamas. It is good even to know their names. I told Rinpoche that I'd made note of all their names and would check the spellings with Pemadorje later. Yeah, good. And then Drukpa Kunli, Rinpoche added. I will speak of him now as there are very many stories concerning him. He was another miraculous maniac. Drukpa Kunli decided at one time to subjugate the demon at Wangom Saka, that's in the country near Timpu in Bhutan. The demon had been killing people to show that he was a power to be reckoned with. He usually lay up in an inaccessible valley high in the mountains to which he'd carry his victims. He'd carried on murdering folks till there was only one elderly lady left. Drukpa Kunli climbed up into the valley and took his rest with his bow, quiver and sword as a pillow. When supine, he positioned a pot of tsampa close to his side. He then pulled in his stomach, smeared tsampa on his buttocks and contrived an erection. He then relaxed and awaited the demon, who arrived surprisingly quickly. Atzi, Atzi, what is this thing? I've never seen the like. Is it perhaps edible? The demon shouted to his minions, who just descended like a swarm of flies on rotten meat. Some thought Drukpa Kunli was dead. Some thought he was alive. Others couldn't make up their minds and said, you know, if we don't know what it is, it might be better not to eat it. One of the other minions said, Sure, the body's warm, so it can't be dead, but it isn't breathing, so it can't be alive. There's Tsampa in the pot, so he can't have died of hunger, but his stomach's empty, so he can't have eaten himself to death. Then another minion piped up. There are weapons under his head, so he can't have died of fear. But his schlong is still erect, so he must have been alive and having fun just before we arrived. But 
he also has worms in his anus, so he can't have been alive for some days. Yeah, the first minion concurred. Whoever he is, he looks extremely bad eating, so we should just leave him here to rot. Yeah, said the demon after consideration. Whatever. Anyhow, let's go get the old lady. At least she's not a mysterious glob of confusion. Besides which, that goddamn schlong of his gives me the willies. Once the demon and his minions had departed, Drukpakunli departed. First he went to visit a yogini called Pema Tingzin, who lived near the elderly lady in a cave called the Lion's Victory Banner. He told her that a demon would be coming to call on her, but she should not be alarmed because the demon would be merely seeking his help. Just use your natural wit, he said, and send him to me for the cure he'll require. Then Drukpakunli legged it up the hill to see the elderly lady. He rapped on the door. Hey, lady of the house, how are you doing in there? Here's Drukpakunli come to see you. Welcome, 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 she called out. How the hell are you, my good woman? I'm none too good right now, I'm afraid, she replied sadly. What's the deal? Tell me about it and I'll see what I can do. Well, you know how it is. I was wealthy once but there are no yogis hereabouts, and due to that there's been a goddamn demon making free with folk for his dinner. I wasn't expecting to get through the night until you showed, but you needn't remain. Go while you can, or you'll be eaten, and that's for sure. If I'm not here tomorrow, just take anything you like to support your practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sod the demon. He'll not eat me, Drukpakunli replied. I'm not in the habit of letting myself be eaten by demons. I'll stay with you tonight. And, by the way, you wouldn't happen to have any chung laid by, would you? I have the very devil of a thirst on me. Sure, the elderly lady replied. I have plenty of good fresh chung and you're welcome to it. That's just the kind of thing I like to hear, Drukpakunli laughed, and they went inside. That evening, as they were both quaffing the chung, dusk descended, and it was then, as you'd expect, that the demon arrived and began beating the hell out of the door. The poor lady was terrified, as you can imagine, but Drukpakunli reassured her. You just lie low and I'll deal with the situation. I'm used to this kind of thing. Drukpakunli went to the lady's front door, summoned up an erection and thrust his schlong through a hole in the door. The demon had been looking into the hole at the time and such was the force with which Drukpakunli thrust his schlong through the door that it knocked out a fair assortment of the demon's teeth. The demon wailed in pain, 
screamed and disappeared down the valley. He didn't stop till he came to Pema Tingzin's cave where she was sitting in meditation. The demon saw her and decided to beg for help. Now Jorma, some maniac bastard just smashed out my goddamn teeth. He whacked me in the mouth with an immense iron schlong. Pema Tingzin mused. Well now, tell me, where did this happen? At the old woman's house in Gomsaka, groaned the demon. Was he a layman or a monk? she inquired. Neither. I don't know what he was, but he was a crazy bastard for sure and as weird as hell into the bargain. Ah, Pema Tingzin responded. You've been mutilated by a miracle. What's that mean? the demon moaned. Well, one thing it means is that you've got the kind of wound that never heals. That's terrible, cried the demon. Are you sure? Sure, I'm sure. Sure as I ever could be. If you doubt me, check this out. At that, she hitched up her shamtab and spread her legs wide. The wound you see here was caused by that very same weapon, and I can assure you there ain't no cure. The demon took a closer look and saw that the wound bore signs of blood. Ah, you are right. This wound has not healed. I guess mine's going to be the same. This is terrible. Yeah, that's about the way of it. But listen, I have an idea. Why not go back to the old lady's house and talk with the fellow who whacked you with his miraculous schlong? He's still there, I'm certain sure. And if I'm not mistaken, he's called Drukpa Kunli. I think if you vow never to harm people again, he may be able to cure you. Really? You think so? The demon asked in desperation. I think so. I surely do think so. You just get your ass back up there just as fast as you can. So the demon, keen for his wound to heal, returned immediately to the lady's house and called for Drukpa Kunli. I'm real sorry, I'm real sorry I ate everyone. Well, apart from the old lady, that is. Drukpa Kunli, do you hear me? I really am so goddamn sorry. If you'll just cure me, I promise never to eat anyone again. Drukpa Kunli heard and came out to see the demon. Yeah, 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 here you are, you goddamn omnivore. But not so much of an omnivore that you'd have the courage to eat me when I was such easy meat yesterday. That was you, the demon cried. Sure was, Drukpa Kunli said. I have many guises and I can appear anywhere at any time. So if you want to make a promise not to eat people ever again, I'll heal that wound. I promise, I promise, I promise, moaned the demon. 
I'm real sorry I ate everyone. Well, apart from the old lady, that is. And I never ate her, as you know. So that's how it turned out that Drukpa Kunli furnished the demon with a quick flick on the head with his schlong. He gave him the Gainyan vows of the five precepts together with the name Ox Devil. He made him a protector of the locality and to this day offerings are still made to him. Oh yeah, Rinpoche exclaimed. There are many stories of Drukpa Kunli like this, and they mainly concern unconventional behaviour. Vajrayana is not conventional. Convention belongs to dualism. And although there are methods and systems, Drukpa Kunli shows that the essence of Vajrayana is beyond all systems. <laughs>